0: Recorded live.
1: Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable podcast. This is podcast number 406. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today I have my co-host John White. Hey, John, how's
2: it going? Yeah, doing really well. It's uh, the uh, standard uh, color of the Bay report today. It was beautiful, baby sky blue. It no, was, really. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Yeah, really we've
1: dirty. had we've had really bright weather in California the last week. It's just been, yeah. you almost need sunglasses at all times. It's just, just burning your eyes. It's very super true. Bright.
2: Yeah. It's uh, 80s during the day and then
1: uh, 50s at night. So
2: lots of sniffles too.
1: A good California living. Yeah, Elsa Mayer, the blog program manager, she's got like strep throat, tonsillitis, blah, blah, blah. It's that time of year, right, where everybody just, kids go back to school, whatever it is, everybody's starting to get sick. Yeah. Yeah. Me and my wife were talking about Christmas coming up, right? And last Christmas, somebody brought a fever home, you know, a week before Christmas, and we were all, like, on our backs, right? We canceled events. We did every, you know, we were just sick as dogs. I'm like, this year, we're going to just, like, anybody that's even feeling remotely (laughs) sick, wash (laughs) your hands, (laughs) stay out, get out of here, take airborne, whatever. So, Corey Romero is also in the studio with us. Corey, thanks for driving in from... Like an hour and a half away from where do
0: you live? Oh, I, I live in Brentwood. Brentwood, yeah, yeah. No, Brentwood. Brentwood. Brentwood is that's like that's like San Diego, right? Uh, so, yeah, yeah, pretty much.
2: So I'm from Southern California. So when you say Brentwood, all yeah. I can think of is the Southern California. Right. Brentwood. This is yeah. Right. This is a different Brentwood. You know
0: where Livermore is?
2: Yeah. yeah, so, yeah so yeah, I'm north of Livermore. Oh wow. Which is yeah.
1: why you glow a little bit, right? Yeah, Radiation all the way. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, yeah, yeah. Your
0: lifespan. <laughs> I drive is like, past the lab there. You know, I come out glowing. Everyone I'm sure
1: you'll make it to like 46 years. Old. how yeah. old are you now <laughs> 44 now yeah, they, they, yeah, have, they have, have a year and a half left. <laughs> left that's, that's good uh, on the show today we have a open roundtable podcast uh john Troyer used to do those once a quarter he'd just not have a guest and so he would just talk about whatever he wanted to talk about so myself john uh Corey, and then on the phone we have uh as always uh tony foster and and then i uh, hear Wences is also on the on the call. You know, we might not hear him, but uh, so we're just going to chat about what's going on. Uh, yeah. In as as we know, in the VMware ecosystem, we'll talk a little bit about some of the news and events we got going on, and some of the stuff we're working on for Q4 that should be interesting. And we'll talk a little bit about the guests we have coming up. Uh, and we'll just do an open, open conversation. So if you guys are listening in your, in your car, um, and you, you don't want to be bored, then you, you can just stop listening now. We'll still get <laughs> your download count. Even if you clicked on this thing, we're going to show the metrics thing. Look at how many listeners we have, but, um, it's going to be
0: open around. We're time. never boring. We're I never I boring. still think it'll be an interesting conversation. Don't, don't, don't click off yet. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Two people just logged <laughs> off. <laughs> Tony left as well. Yeah, yeah he's like, uh, I'm, I'm, still <laughs> uh, I'm still here. I'm still here. I love you guys. It, uh, I,
1: I, I got to say that also this idea that on the right-hand side of talk shoe are advertisements from Russian beauties is kind of distracting. Right? Like oh, I, wow. That's great. Right? I'm really starting to have trouble with TalkShoe in, 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 in major ways here. It's just. Oh okay, I'm not getting those advertisements. Probably Yeah, I, have- I don't know why I'm getting these advertisements, but we're definitely editing that out, right? So <laughs> now that you mention it. Um, so in the news today, uh, let's see. Well, we're not going to talk about the news news because the news news is kind of depressing between yes, hurricanes and everything that. else. But what's happening in the VMware uh, news? So uh, Corey informs me that the expert Cloud yeah. Uh, subgroup. Yes.
0: Yeah. The, the expert is, cloud subgroup is ongoing
1: right now, and we have like 250-plus applications, mm-hmm. uh, which is good. We'll talk a little bit about what that means uh, yeah. today in the show. Uh, we're going to talk about the subgroups, uh, reiterate what subgroups are, as well as some of the point things that are changing. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But to the news point, that's ongoing. When is that closed for so cloud?
0: That closes midnight October 6th, so this Friday. Is the last time you can submit this application for Vxper Cloud?
1: Okay, right. So this Friday, which Corey winks and nods, saying, "Yeah,
0: by Sunday evening, you yeah, know." Yeah, usually I closed them out Monday morning. Truth be told, right. um, I always right. say the date of Friday night, but uh, I want to set that expectation. If you miss it and go, "Oh, I missed it," you can still do it Saturday. You just Sunday. do it on the, on your yeah, weekend, exactly. Right.
1: But yeah. work-life balance—we don't encourage working over the weekend, but you know, right. it's always there for you if you need it. Absolutely. Next week on the show, we're going to have Nick King come talk to us. He's the VP of Marketing for the com offerings, which is our cloud services offerings. We announced the VMworld. So next week we have Nick and a couple of his guys kind of come in, and we're going to do an interview with him on that, uh, which is good. And then the week after next, um, we're going to have the the program managers for Fusion 10 and Workstation 14, 14. I think, uh, come on the show and talk to us about what's new in those products. It's been a year since uh, we've talked to them, so that should be interesting. We tried to get them on today, but uh, they were were booked up by the time we decided to reach out to them. So we'll get them on two weeks from today. They're committed to come, and next week will be uh, cloud services with Nick King. So on deck for those guys. Uh, Tony Foster, you mentioned that, that there is a... A Horizon seven point three point one backstory dropped. You want to you want to you want to tell us that story? Sure. So, um, Horizon seven point three point one dropped uh, yesterday uh, morning. One of the uh, community members, Sean Massey, uh, actually uh, caught some certificate errors uh, when doing an upgrade and got it turned into the support team. Um, so, they uh, did some patching and stuff and there's a uh, new release of 7.3.1 for horizon out for anyone who's actually uh chomping at the bit to do upgrades to horizon 7.3 nice nice all right well good job sean for catching that and uh now that's out and fixed so thanks for doing that other things in the news. A couple conferences going on, some things to announce. Uh, Dallas-Fort Worth VMUG is going to be on 1010 next week. And Scott Lowe is doing the keynote. His abstract is leveraging the public cloud, is an increasingly important part of
0: every company's Journey. Now is that the real Scott Lowe or second Scott Lowe? Anybody know? <laughs> I would assume this is the real Scott Lowe. I
1: think it had certified real Scott Lowe, yeah.
0: you know, yeah. on in, in the text on the yeah.
1: abstract, right? Perfect. Mm. It said T M <laughs> next to yes. his name and everything. So I <laughs> believe it's the real one. Got it. Could be wrong.
2: It's hilarious because I, I think there was a, a picture a couple years ago. Maybe uh-huh. I'd be of the of the two Scott Lowe's, like actually like yeah. a, in person for the first time. Yeah. And
1: I went and finally looked at his picture, and I had envisioned a different Scott that I knew. right? So I'm like, wait, that's not the <laughs> – I've always – like Scott Lowe, I know him. Yeah, he used to work at VMware, right? And I, I think I'm confusing Scott's. But, yep, okay, he's going to be at Dallas-Fort Worth on October 10th. So go check him out if you're in the area. V-Forms Online is coming up. You can go register for that. October, I didn't go look it up. Uh, I want to say 14th, but it's, it's online. Maybe I'll Google it while we're talking. And that's upcoming, so watch out for that. The Grace Hopper... Uh, conference for women in engineering is happening in Orlando this week. So if you're a woman, you want to go hang out with a bunch of people that are geeky, techy nerds, which we're always encouraging more and more to do. You can Excellent. tell by the number of women guests we have on the show that we're totally engaged with that. Awkward pause.
2: Well, some, not some, right now. Not right now. Overall, right. Yeah.
1: overall, I can't remember the last time we've had a woman guest except the one that came on... As part of the uh, community talks for VMWorld, um, maybe you five weeks ago. You are not giving yourself enough. Questions. I'm trying, I'm trying to another think. one. Uh, uh, there no, there was but we have to work on that. Seven, eight months ago. Yeah, no, we had we, we should, had somebody yeah. on
2: for, from uh, marketing for VMWorld. Right. We had uh, a person. Oh yeah, we had Linda Britt. Britt. We had right. Linda Britt. Right. Okay, a, that's uh, good. You're a right. A woman who was presenting a session at uh, VMWorld. Yeah, that was right. that was the one that we're right. Yeah.
1: So that's. Too. Okay, got yeah, it. All right. Too
2: off the top Somebody
1: says words. Rebecca. I think that was the the VMworld name, maybe. Okay, yeah, so anyway. World Grace world. Off, yeah, that was the VMworld Rebecca. Um she uh, did blockchain. She gave us yeah, a talk the, on blockchain. She,
2: famous professor has a couple of books out. Um, we've had uh uh some of your report to uh manage the various uh
1: Okay, you're right. Yeah, we had Elsa Katie, Mayer, also. we had Katie. Uh, I've done well at hiring
2: uh, yeah. women now. Like we were, mm-hmm.
1: our org is fifty-fifty, so that's not too bad, right? Oh. So, but on the guest perspective, we probably need to reach out and try to do a little bit of that. Anyway, the Grace Hopper Conference, which specializes on women, bigger women event for techno geek people, and I'm all about getting more women into this field because it just makes it, you know, more of a balanced place to work. So. Um, That's going on this week in Orlando. If you happen to be in Florida, go check that out. Um, Other news things, Mandalay Bay, uh, shout out to all the poor people that are going through that. Um, We will be at Mandalay Bay next year, so we as a nation have to figure out how how to stop that from happening again. Uh, Bill, so we, I think all of us have been a little deteriorated. Like you know, as you watch some of the stories, it's like wow, yeah, it's pretty devastating. Just, 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 just awful. Just uh, so yeah. just, just a, a moment of pause for that, and wish that wasn't happening for everybody out there. All right, on the round table. Um, so first thing on the on the roundtable, we got a couple a uh, couple topics we can talk about. One is V experts and the V expert subgroups. I think that's worth talking about. Um, we have live stream on Facebook and Pat Gelsinger. Uh, that's going to be at the V forms. So we can talk a little bit about what that means and uh, how we're how we're doing that and what people think about that. Um, we have. Uh, vSphere scale out the new licensing. It's uh, Tony's favorite subject, right? He wants to talk a little bit about that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a couple other random topics, and we're we're open to topics as as well. One of the random topics that I have is is Twitter useful as a community tool? Right. So (laughs) um, you know because we are social and community as well here, so we can talk a little bit about that. And then uh, if we still have time. Uh, another one out there is VM10 community as a service, right? We, we rolled that out at VMworld, and you know we're starting to build the revive server, and we've picked I think maybe 10 or 15 uh, branded community people that we're going to reach out to invite into the beta. So. And I'm doing the same thing with a microphone. I spin around the microphone, and I look at people when I'm talking, and I'm sure that changes. <laughs> we talk a little bit about podcasting and what, what are some good podcasting principles out there and the growth of podcasts in general. Yep. So, so those are some topics. If anybody wants uh, I think wants I'm, to talk about that, yeah, we can talk about that. Top,
2: maybe one of the things that we should ask for is kind of a call for topics, right? Um, and it doesn't have to be live on, in this discussion in the chat. But, you know, this is the VMTN community roundtable. We want to hear yeah. back from the people yeah. who listen to this podcast. And, you know, what have been the really right. good topics that you've had in the past that you want updates on and, and maybe to talk to that, that person again? What are the things that you think that, you know, we really should be uh, talking about that we're not covering as effectively? It doesn't need to be, you know, 100% VMware related. It could be, uh, it could be peripherally related, you know, uh, but... You know, what is it that you as a listener and as a consumer of this podcast want us to go out and get content and and interviews on and, and discussions about?
1: You know, uh that's I'm taking notes here. Uh, that's a good one. We we can jump to that one for a second as long as it's an open open round table. Absolutely. Um the thing that's you know the, the, it's called ideation, right? You're trying to get ideas for from your from your audience members, yeah. from your customers around what are some of the good ideas that we they would like to hear. And I I hear a lot of people use ideation. It's like one of the kind of common buzz phrases that is easy to say. What do you guys think? What do you want, right? right, right. But the you know what the failure the biggest failure of ideation is. Follow through. Yeah. Mm, right. Yes. Like, you can say that. You can say, hey, what are some ideas? We're really interested to know. The, the reality is, a lot of this is just work around then doing sure. the setup. And we did ideation at VMware. Like, seven years ago, not for the podcast, but for products, mm-hmm, right? And we'd literally had the community members come in. They gave us like 180 different ideas. We voted. We had a vote up, vote down, thumb up, yep, thumb down on that, that and yeah. collected all the votes on all the uh, ideations. Then we take it to the, at the time, we only had vSphere. We didn't have vSphere or NSX. We take it to the vSphere team and we go, all right, here are the top 20 ideas from the community. And they were all excellent ideas, Right. And uh, the v team goes, yeah, we're booked out for the next five years. So um, we don't have any time to do any feature set. So one of the always the thing that I always cringe about a little bit when people say ideation or like when they go, hey, we really want to hear what you guys have to say is that when you use that phrase, you better be willing to then take the list yeah, and then absolutely. do the work to get the people on the show, right? right. And that, that's one of the biggest things that I've discovered around the, those call for ideas. is like, uh, yeah, I wish somebody we could get a call for ideas and a call for people to book to people. that would be on the show. They would come in and get everybody in the room to do the podcast. Yeah. Whereas,
2: um, yeah, yeah. So one of the, the, the things that maybe we should do then if, if we're going to ask for these ideas and, and you know, tweet at us at the uh, the, um, the community's uh, Twitter handle, or you know, either Eric or myself, John White at the Journeyman, is is a commitment commitment to follow through. So why don't we sit here right now and say, you know, every every time you know somebody actually brings us up an idea, that we'll actually you know talk about it and, and the wisdom and, and how we follow through on it. Um, you know, maybe we're not committing to. You know, having a guest on for every single one of these ideas, but we're committed to actually, you know, discussing it and, and you know, what's the reality? If someone says, right. you know, hey, why don't you have Bill Gates on? It's like, okay, um, that's that's going to be rough for us. Yeah. Um, but I think you know, you know, what was the reasoning behind that? You wanted to hear about, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, something about you know, foundation work yep. or you know, follow through with humanitarian. And you know, maybe we can do something about
1: that. Right? Yep, we could. I think the work in that is um, on our side. Because yeah. right? I know uh, in these podcasts, I've heard at least 10 different suggested podcasts, which were all great at the mm-hmm. time they suggested them. And then there's that write the idea down, put it in a note or somewhere where right. we can go back, look at them, go back, book the guests, schedule them in and have them on the show and then mark them off in that list. And I think that's where we fall apart is the programmatic aspect of guest booking. Absolutely. Yeah, so
2: So got to work on that. I'm sure that, you know, Corey and myself, we could you know, uh, take on some of that load. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm certainly not. No, prepared. I'm not saying Absolutely. that isn't.
1: I, I just have to smile a little bit when I when I when I hear like, yeah, but we should talk to. You know, the truth is that people have all been giving us great ideas. If I mm-hmm. have to look at the failure, I look at I don't need to talk to anybody else. They all give us ideas. Every time I have a podcast, somebody goes, oh, at the end, go like, ah, oh, we should have so and so on. <laughs> right. I always go like, oh, crap, we didn't write them down and right. we haven't. Um, got a mechanism where we you know can look ahead, so we look ahead maybe four weeks and reach out to people and get guests, but we haven 't really done a good job of you know getting in a room on a Friday afternoon looking at the ones that people suggested and then next
2: steps. yeah next Follow-up. steps
1: of booking them and putting them in the calendar so uh, it 's a great thing if you if we talk about it and we have these open round discussions like today, this is
2: what we have to do to sure. solve that so i I have uh you know some requests from the community and the, and the listenership. I, I have some colleagues in the, the systems engineering uh, um, space, and, and I think that one of the critiques that I heard after VMworld, at least from some of the communities that I'm a member of, was they felt like a lot of the, the uh, announcements and, and things focused on, on large company solutions. Um, and they, as a small and medium-sized business, didn't feel like anything that they heard uh, felt appropriate for them. Or, or something that we're actually interested in. Yeah, yeah, in, right? yeah. Uh, so I have yeah. some colleagues that work in the commercial space, uh, for example, the uh, network and security business unit, and, and they seem to be doing you know, lots and lots of business. So maybe you know, if the community is interested in hearing about the use cases for you know, NSX in a small or medium-sized business, then maybe we can go out and get you know, those people that are actually you know, providing those solutions and And, uh, and have get them on the show, yeah. yep. and, and yep. talk about you know what their customers are, are right. actually hoping to get out of that, you know now that's just my idea, and I don't want to push that agenda, but maybe you know our listenership can tell us, is that something they want to hear about yeah. right, absolutely, and I'll commit to actually going out and asking those people, I don't commit to getting yep. them on.
1: <laughs> I got another one that uh um, somebody asked Twitter versus Slack. Right. um and the conversation around Twitter versus slack but before we get to that one let's do V expert subgroups yeah Because right because uh, that's a good that's a good one so so Corey Romero V expert subgroups we started them last year yeah. right um, mm-hmm. and just to catch everybody up to speed you know we have 1600 V experts uh, and maybe we should just talk a little bit about the history of the experts to begin oh, with right uh so when my when I uh, I work with Cindy Braun to bring up the idea of having a evangelistic program that, that mirrored what Microsoft was doing. So Microsoft has an MVP program,
0: right? right? If
1: you look at the MVP program for Microsoft, it has, you know, two thousand people in it, right? Now Microsoft has many more products, right? They've got at the time, you know, they've got Windows right. Office. Yeah. So again, yeah, they have a a bunch of products. But they have several thousand uh people in their program. And what we were looking for is an evangelistic program that was a rewards program that um, you know, encouraged people to be advocates. Right? Um, so we started it, uh, I made the list of 25 people that we thought were you know, good evangelists in the community. Me and John Troyer sat down, I pitched the idea to John. Said this is what we want to do. John pushed back a little bit at the beginning. Didn't understand why we would ever do something like this. Um, But I basically convinced him to give it a shot. We we came up with the first 25 people, invited them. Um, We had come up with a name. We proposed like five different names. we actually did a VMware MVP. That was one of the one of the ones on the list. Right was just go at Microsoft, just exactly how Microsoft did. And in those days, it was a war with Microsoft. Right. Microsoft right. was coming at us with Hyper V. Mm-hmm. We were in the uh, the hypervisor market. That's the only product we had. And so, you know, people were predicting that VMware was going to get crushed by the Microsoft you know, the machine. Game. Right. Mm-hmm. So we created it. We came up with VExpert just because we thought it was. Kind of cool, right? You know, it classified you as an expert. Even though, really, if you look at the vExpert program, it's not about being an expert. It's about being an evangelist, right? right? We exactly. should have called it v Evangelist, right, <laughs> uh, as opposed to vExpert. But we thought it was cool. And we, at the time, the naming committee at VMware, what didn't really exist, it was kind of quasi there. But me and a couple other people really owned the naming committee because yeah. marketing wasn't that deep in org at the time. And so we were able to show up and bless ourselves as a, a formal name. Um, and so we created that. Um, and and then John and and uh, myself ran the program and funded the program, and tried to you know grow the program, but didn't grow the program you know on a linear scale. We were just trying to build the program and make the program credible. Right. And I think we took it up to about 180 people which was a manageable number of people to be in a kind of an exclusive advocacy program once we hit 180 it we started trying to figure out what it what it really meant right you know then we had people that kind of Thought that the brand was special to them, like you're a special V expert, right? That you are an expert. So about half the people in the program really didn't understand that it was a evangelistic reward program. They kind of thought it was a I'm designated as an expert, I'm a V expert, and and therefore I'm an exclusive brand, right? right? Uh, which we started having trouble with, right? With members because every t- every year we'd grow it by another thirty or forty people. People would question: Are those people the right people? Um, then somewhere along the line, we decided to no. We needed to keep up with. We needed to keep up with Microsoft. If you look at the number of com- countries that we want evangelists, we were growing internationally. We started spending a lot of money on international markets, and what was the social program in those international markets? So we started putting targets per country for you know recruiting and driving the experts. At the same time, Cloud Credit launched, and we had the VExpert badge, which was this is the first time that we were able to publish what you needed to do to become a VExpert. Right. right. And that was the first time, formalize other than the yeah, formalize the program into a and at the time before we actually formalized it and what you had to do to become a v expert, you basically just applied and there was a little committee of like seven people that sat and looked at you and decided whether you got to be in the in-club or the out-club, right? And it felt a little bit like that, right? Because yes. it wasn't based on points and activities. It was just a kind of a gut feel, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But then when we went and built the v expert badge, we defined activities and we put points to those activities and we Clearly demarcated that if you made this point level in social outbound activities, i.e., you got a point for you know, X number of tweets, and you got points for blogs, and you got points for teaching a class, and you got toin- points, points for all kinds of yeah, things yeah, books. Yeah.
0: Session speaking. Yep, session
1: speaking, VMUG leadership, all of that, that yeah. you would then qualify to be the a, a expert. When we did that, we went from 260 V experts to around 500 V experts. Right. And the reason is because people were doing a lot of evangelism, and Mm -hmm. as soon as they knew that they could qualify, then they did qualify, and they submitted their nomination. Because before then, it was just kind of like an art of, well, I don't think I'm an expert, so I'm not going to nominate myself. Right. we had self nominations somewhere in year 2 where you could nominate yourself. The first year you could only nominate other people and you know by about 70 people we started realizing you should be able to nominate yourself. We nominated self. We took that up to 500 people because we had point And that's where we've been growing ever since. Um, uh, Somewhere along the lines of maybe when the program hit 800 people, we switched to like uh, quick nomination versus big nomination. Yeah, because people, you know, if you're writing books and you're doing all the social evangelism, doesn't change that much from year right. to year. Right. So you could do a, a short nomination and then we would kind of just verify Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Spot check people, make sure that right. people aren't falling off the list. Exactly. Right. And we also know a lot of the, these people, so we know whether you're going yeah, to engage with right? them on daily, yep. weekly. And, yeah, and monthly basis. some people yeah. fall off and some people mature. And we talk about the bell curve of maturity as an advocate, right? Everybody starts as new and exciting and Learning their way through uh, technology and skill set, and then as you grow your career, you step up, and then you know, at some point you fall off the other end of the curve, right? right. Where yeah, you you're know, mature beyond yeah. what our program program can offer you. So it's natural for some of the experts to move on and become VCDXs, and you know, take on bigger roles and bigger. Some of uh, the experts have become CMOs and yeah. and, and, and VPs of different uh, yeah. orgs in
0: various companies. Yeah, the experts yep. are CTOs, Yep, and, you know, CTOs Absolutely.
1: and so forth, and so there's that maturity. So we see some fall off we see new ones and we always feel like we should always be attracting the young people into the program so that you have fresh young people at that curve you have mature people at the curve and you have people falling off the other end of the curve and that's how we've done that and that has then grown up into the you know Maybe 1,200 person support now. The problem with that is the the, the program starts getting big. Yes. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and now how many, you know, we, we gave away those vSphere bags, right? And yeah. we're talking yeah. $20,000, right? right. To, to build a bag and put, you know, chargers in it and that and branding, right? And I have to kick in money and different orgs. Everybody kicked in a, some money to build those things, right? right? Because mm-hmm. it's such a large number of people in the program and I think this year we hit it 1600. Yeah. Right? We did. Uh, yeah. Right. Now we also invited from 1200 to 1500 we invited all the VCDX's in. So yes. Technically, we got a big surge of 300 people because we just waved a magic wand and said, if you're a VCDX, you're doing all kinds of this stuff. And therefore, we're going to just send the VCDX as an invite. Um, Mm -hmm. So that got us an an extra 300. And that's kind of how we got to where we are, right? Which is, it's absolutely a rewards program. It's a big program. And once we hit 1,500, we went, that's good enough, right? Um, Let's go back now and let's build some quality components into the program. So for the last two years or three years we've not been recruiting new people we have not been encouraging we have naturally some that come into the program and we have naturally some that fall off at the maturity at the end of the program but we haven't been going out trying to recruit more people right. and you know right. train people um, because we've been at a healthy number Microsoft versus ourselves versus a big in you know, and you look at the number of people in each country and we have some countries that are growing organically Brazil and the home labber you get somebody oh, yeah. like him who You know, he goes out and, you know, and he evangelizes the program and he gets, he recruits 10 guys that come in, uh, women, guys, people that can come in and and beat those evangelists. So we have some regions that are still continuing to grow. Um, but now it's a big program. So getting back to the subgroups. So last year, I think we said, uh, and we've gotten feedback from some of the groups that, hey, this is too big. We right, can't work yeah. with it anymore because there's so many people that if I want to do something unique with, uh, with these people, I'm going to have to buy 1,600 or I'm going to invite this huge number. Right. It's not what I could do. So we've always toyed with the idea of subgroups.
2: Um, so, for example, if I'm a V-expert, am I a generalist or I mostly work with vSphere, vCenter, V-Center? Or is my evangelism mostly focused around, like, automation or management right. or maybe right. storage and availability or maybe network security? Yep. Oddly enough, that's lined up with our business units. Yeah. I mean...
1: It does line up for the business units. But uh, uh, in scaling the program, then we also looked at how do we scale out resources in right. time. There's only... There's only Corey Romero, right? right? There's not Corey Romero you. and Corey Romero Jr. Yeah. and you know, like there's just one guy yeah. and you know, I, I help him, some of our team helps, but it's really you. Uh, we built we started building some automation tools, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So that's getting ready to roll out thanks to our community member in the Netherlands Mark, somewhere. Yeah, Martin uh, uh, Smith Martin Smith. Then been writing tons of code yep. for
0: us yeah. to yeah. build
1: that guy. We're hosting it on Amazon, so we should roll out a complete automated V expert system. Uh, which will help scale the program, allow us to do custom things, but it also then supports the subgroups so we can tag people into subgroups and then do call for nominations. Yeah. And that's where we get into the, the, the topic of this, which is um, having a discussion of what does it mean to become a the expert in one of these subcategories, right? right? How restrictive, how many points do we actually need to get you into that? Um, our target is a couple hundred, right? Yes. At least that would be my take, right? You know, like right. once a, a sub-program gets bigger than that, now you have the same problem you had before, which is you can't do small invites. You can't have a uh, you know uh, a, a briefing right. if you want yeah. to put on an, uh, under uh, people under NDA. You know, if it's more than a hundred or two hundred, you're spending you know three weeks trying to get everybody's NDA signed. So we're looking at points now, right? Yeah, and we are. Looking at Absolutely. what that means and. We're gonna reach out to the BUs and let the BUs kind of decide a little bit on what does it mean for that BU to have a sub program that they're engaged with us on, right, where they're primarily the resources yeah. for the engagement, right? We're yeah, not they're, they're we're not driving that engagement. Right. Yep. And and what type of points. So that could mean that as we work with the BUs to tighten that point system up, which we do have a point system. Yes. But we didn't really let the BUs, you know. Dictate that point system. We just made it up, right? We just went, okay, here a book and this and that, just like what we did for the overall program. We kind of applied a smaller bit of that, focused on the one set of technology, whether it be VSAN, NSX, or cloud. As we engage with the BUs uh, in the November, December, January voting this year, where we open it up for because it's a yearly reward, um, we could see tighter criteria. Yes, we could, right? Where. The BU's are going to give us some input on what they believe they want to have in that program. Yeah, Yeah.
0: without making it obviously impossible to get into. Right, right,
1: right. And that's what we've communicated to the BU's is that whatever we do, it should be transparent. Absolutely. We should be able to stick it on the back of anybody walking down the conference Absolutely. here's how I became a V-expert in a subgroup, or here's why I didn't. And if you didn't make it, what we'd want to do is give you feedback
0: yeah like, which we sorry
1: do. Yeah. you didn't make the subgroup here are some areas that you fell short in. here's the point criteria. Here's where you landed. yeah you only got hundred and eighty points and we're looking for five hundred points and here's some things that you know you didn't do yet yeah. right? Right. Right. right, whether it be certification or whether it be other elements right, and that whatever we do, it has to be transparent right. uh, in order to get in that and mm-hmm. Uh, I know we're working with the uh, vSAN guys to, yeah, to, we're, yeah, to we'll do that, we'll, yeah, and absolutely. we we are doing the call for cloud right now. So we'll be applying some of that to the cloud nominations. Which you know, if you have 250 in the system, that means we're going to be filtering some of those people out. Absolutely, right? yeah. yeah. I mean, we're
0: just going
2: to have to. Well, know, it's, it's, it's interesting because
1: the numbers figures. that we're
2: talking about that initial number that you talked about with the uh, with the V Expert group is around 180. 100, yeah. and mm-hmm. the group that you're the number that you're targeting, maybe around 200, you know, these are all around uh, this idea that's called Dunbar's number. And it's something you can look up on Wikipedia, which is the average like social size of a group that you can maintain the tight relationship is somewhere around 150. If, if right. you go, you know, to 250 or 300 people, you can't really remember everybody's name and everybody's face and what it is that they do. Yeah. And so if you go much above that number, you really need to start, you know, uh, you know, thinking about losing cohesion of the group and, and, you know, that kind of community feel, right?
1: And that that makes sense. Uh, that that totally makes sense. And if we look at the V-Expert program, that's what happened, right? right. We had this tight, cohesive program up until 150, 200, right? And then right. when we shot up to 500, where we opened up Point mm-hmm. System and How to Become It, it lost that ability, and we did get complaints. We still yep, get we did, complaints, we right? We still There's still, still threads sure. that are out there about, you know, I like it when it was, you know, small, small,
2: yeah, yeah, right. So I like being part of a small group and not right. part of a large group, it, right? And, but you know, this you have to understand the goals of the group, right? You're looking for but, a, a group of evangelists. Yeah,
0: I mean, small versus large. I mean, I mean, that's. I mean, that, that's all based on context right right I mean if you look at our, our footprint and our just on our product and our customer base from when we went from the hundred to where we are now uh, it, it, this is uh, you know the 1600 is where we should be right right based on our customer base and, and product base and everything else
2: well you know do we have you know if you have a hundred people for vSphere v center or sorry probably at the time virtual center right? yeah um, do we have uh, do we have ten times the people do we have ten times the product lines we do yeah. we have more than 10 times right. the product lines Yes, so absolutely. I, so um, uh, it's you know, something to keep in mind. Right? Yeah, definitely.
0: So
1: I think the big group, you know, I I can see us getting to 2,000 the experts over time as we grow, and we're going to continue to grow between NSX and all the additional products that we have, uh, whether it be uh, in Tony Foster's favorite, you know, end user computing yep. and Horizon, and there's a lot of room there. There's a lot of room in country expansion. So I think we'll continue with our goal of, you know, growing and you know slowly and managed as we automate the tools and the mm-hmm. delivery of the licenses and all the things that we do for the experts we have to have that scaled out so we'll continue that and then we'll focus on that small number right i think you hit it right on the head you know 150 you know maybe max 200 i think we're small around all of these right now right, right? yeah uh, we are yeah. and 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 then you know manage that number and there could be competition in that right because uh, if you if you do keep that number somewhere there you know maybe one year our our points are messed up and we get more right but then you know we'll probably tighten that point level up yeah, so that yeah. so that we have those groups but at the same time I struggle with that because well what if we really have 400
0: have, guys that you,
2: really are doing the work absolutely you're, you're struggling for excellence right? right you're not struggling for like a number right? yeah That's yeah the goal. right yes so exactly. if there's 400 people that are doing an amazing job at evangelizing a specific product line, it's not really in our interest to to limit that down. Right. It's like let's take the microphone, you know, and the the megaphone that these people have provided and 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 run with it, you know. And I, right. I'm guessing that if you know, say, you know, if we have 400 Maven VSAN V experts, like right. the storage and availability business unit is going to be really happy about that, right. not complaining about it. Right. Right. You know? Yeah, I think
1: I think uh, so. You know, give us feedback on that program. I mean, we get we get all kinds of – we saw – there was a whole Twitter stream last yeah, week yeah. on it. So <laughs> we get that. Uh, sometimes we don't engage on those Twitter streams. It's not like we're not reading them. Oh, yeah, we, we are read reading them, them but we then, them. you know, we tend to be – when we say stuff, then everybody be, is quiet, right? right. So yeah. it's yeah. nice to see the community have discussion around yeah, it. have an open and, discussion. And, 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 and not jump in and take one side or the other because yeah. then that – by Trying to measure the electron makes it hard to measure the electron. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that how that works? Um, okay, so that's the conversation there. So thanks for doing the work. I know we're working with the teams to look at that criteria, and I would expect uh, the criteria to change come yes. November when we do call for submissions. But what um, myself and Corey have talked about um, and is making sure that whatever the criteria is, that we publish it ahead of time mm-hmm. so everybody knows what it is. And then when you when you submit if you make it you'll know why and if right. you don't you'll also know why yeah. so uh, we'll go go with that. So thanks to yeah the community members that are giving us that feedback and working with us because we want the program to be as good. And uh, the sub programs are just brand new, right? We've yeah, they've done are. it for a year, mm-hmm. so we're still trying to figure out what what it means to have these these sub programs. And the good news is that uh, the BUs are really excited about they are and they, they, they really want to work with the with mm-hmm. the people, right. which
0: is just good for everybody involved. Absolutely. Right? So. So Absolutely. that's good. There's a lot of passion in the, right. in the different views.
1: Okay, so um, changing subjects because we should. Uh, what, we should. T-
2: didn't we, Tony, say something about being at like a supercomputing conference? <coughs> I seem to remember uh, that in the prep.
1: Tony mentioned that. Um, I want to. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ignore Tony for a second and okay. just say. Twitter versus Slack. Um, Guest for Wentz uh, has mentioned that and uh, it is an interesting conversation. We I've had it on, you know, internally, right, where, you know, we have a VExpert Slack channel that's yes. run by, who's running that right now? That's uh,
0: Tim Davis and uh, two two other community members.
1: Yep, yep. And uh, we've talked about maybe bringing that in-house. I don't know where that's going to go. But, uh, you know, we're, we're absolutely paying attention to Slack. And, you know, Slack is real-time conversations, right, yep. um, versus Twitter is kind of quasi real time conversation. Right? Short um,
0: conversations. Yeah, yep.
1: uh, they're going to make it 288 characters versus uh, yes. kind of that. So it, it is interesting. Um, that's why I go like, is Twitter still relevant? So one, of the, I think it is relevant. I, I could argue both sides. I think it's relevant, but I I can say what the problem with Twitter is is that you know there's so many. If you get a large number of followers, right? then you're going to have so much content scrolling by that you're not possibly going to follow it all you're not going to be looking at it you're not going to engage in it it's not a conversation stream it's like it's just constant spam of of stuff
0: right? yeah right
1: all right so but what twitter's good at is direct messaging right so you can put out a call for something and then somebody can direct tweet you and it's a direct tweet to me where I'm on my mobile and I just see it and so it's another it's a it's a scalable Direct messaging system, right? So, how, how many message groups do you have that you know can scale up to ten thousand people, right? Um, right? Well, Twitter does that quite quite handily, right? Yeah. Um, and so there is there is use for Twitter from a direct conversation, one on one conversation thing, but from a follow a stream and watch what's going on, news service kind of thing every day. I find that. Less and less useful, right? Oh, that's really interesting.
0: Uh, see, I have the I, I follow the news on my Twitter stream daily. Just look, always looking for new blog articles from the V experts. Um, so that's that's what I specifically do in Twitter versus Slack. Obviously, Slack doesn't happen in, but uh, Twitter does.
2: Slack, I, it, it feels to me like this conversation is like, well, what's the one wrench that you want? Yeah, well, there's different wrenches for different things, right. and. You use different tools for different modalities of communication.
0: Right? I, I I could be wrong, but I thought Slack was primarily a um, a closed internal community platform. No?
1: No. You can you can use them as external. Oh, you right. can. So okay. yeah. I'll so we have that. code. Yeah. Uh, we have Slack for code. Uh, the VMware code program has a Slack channel. Anybody we can have, just
0: come in and, yeah, and join that. Yeah, you, you can website.
1: join. Well we you know you have to join code and then we send you a Slack invite. Right, yes. But it's it's external. Um right. we could open it up and just have anybody join, yeah, but yeah. we have you we send you an invite to that. But it doesn't have to be an internal company
0: thing. It's Got just it. anybody
1: yeah. external. But we have to send you an invite. Yeah,
0: yeah. Just um, however you want to set
2: that up. Every time I, I I've used Slack, I always think to myself This really feels like Internet Relay Chat. (laughs) Well (laughs) it
0: is. It is. Yeah. So I don't (laughs) yet
1: what to do.
2: But Maybe that's just me. Well,
1: it's it's um what's new about it is the same thing with GitHub. Um, it's just an external service, right. so I don't have to set one up myself. Got it. That's Got it. it, and it's just really somebody's easy. Somebody's running an IRC yeah. chat server scaled out to mm-hmm. a bunch of categories, and everybody can join that one. Versus I used to have to run my own IRC server, right, right and right. set up a group and that, and now I don't have to. Well,
2: I just think that it's it, it was weird that somebody told me the hottest new way of Communicating with people was a way that I communicated with people in the nineties. Yeah, right. So, yeah. So the next thing you're going to tell me is like, you know, we're going to start doing uh, party lines. <laughs> oh. Well,
0: it was easy back then, then to just just type and have conversations.
2: Disney, where, yeah.
1: Disney has this yeah. magic, right? You know, it's that curve again, right? right you got right. new people joining, you got old people leaving, and you know, what's old was new, mm-hmm. right? Um, By the way, the
2: hottest new games now: multi-user dungeons.
1: Yeah. Mud. There you go. Well, That is kind of neat, right? Like multi-user. Yep. Um, So that is, that is, there's a point, it's just an IRC chat server. And, uh, but it's, it's as a service and as a service means nobody has to do much setup. Right. Uh, And I have to laugh at GitHub uh, GitHub because, you know, it's, I don't know if you guys ever knew SSCS, you know, source cord control system oh, yeah. baked into nope. Unix, right? You know, like how long's that been around? Right. Like, so, so really, and it, it doesn't do anything much more than that did, you know, so it's a little bit more of a team site kind of code management across teams. But really, it's just source code management system. But as a service, so you
2: can just go click your browser, set it up, and what away you go. What other things did I do in the 90s that I, we could set up as, as a service?
1: Yeah, we can all a make a – yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're IPO it at a, a billion dollars, even though it has no profit. But yeah. it's just the stuff you did in the 90s that now you just set up as a web service somewhere.
2: Three-and-a-half-inch disk drive. And right. give it
1: a cool name. Yeah, yeah. Floppy dot floppy disk. Floppy dot io. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm right, I'm Yeah, you, right you know. got that. We knew John back before he was John Billionaire, right? Uh floppy disk.io. Uh yeah, so that so my take on, you know, uh Okay guys, I gotta tell you, floppy.io
2: was already taken. Yeah, there isn't. Yeah,
1: drive, you can probably drive. buy it for eight hundred and seventy dollars if you want it. Mm-hmm. There isn't a domain name that isn't owned by the, the shopping mm-hmm networks now like the, it used to be you used to go get a domain look for an open domain name and then just register it and you know you pay the 799 register whatever your network solution is 25 a year now when you go any domain name i think they've they just set it up so they're all for sale so they, you know, they're all just for sale now, and some of them are sale for like eight dollars. Some of them are sale for, you know, which is just the red's free. So it's really not for sale as much as you just register. But a lot of them are anything that's anything useful is now for sale for like four hundred dollars. Yeah,
2: any dictionary word, any probably combination yeah. of dictionary words. is common. Yeah. Hey, wait, maybe we and could it, do that as a service. It's right? not. It's not but clear no, to me no. who's who's actually registered
1: it, right? Uh, I don't think it's a person. I think it's the the system that's managing all the domain names now yeah. have, have the added a, the registrars have added a for sale option that they can tick to any, anything. And it, maybe it's for sale by an owner, but sometimes it's for sale by the register itself and they make extra money that way. Yeah. I have a feeling it's something like that. Anyway, that's, that's getting off subject. Um, what were we talking about before we got, who took us to that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we were you. talking about IRC. Oh, IRC chat, chat Slack server or Slack. Or so to network. finish up on Slack, um, I, it's coming it's a new tool in the toolbox right uh yeah you know, i r c conversations, which you know gets into VMTN and forms right when does mm-hmm. that replace you know form conversations so um Tony Dunn on our team always looking at the new tools and the new social media tools, whether it's you know snapchat, instagram ridiculously out there weird you know millennial pre pre millennial stuff or whether it's things that are more serious like what we're talking about. Um, there's always new tools every quarter that we have to look at and figure out how they plug in. So uh, so thanks for bringing that one up. So that was uh, Slack versus Twitter. Um, we talked about ideation. I have on the list here uh, oh, VMTN. Community, community as a service, VMTN. Uh, we have maybe another five minutes here. Um, we're running over, but that's because we started late. So we'll we'll go for another couple you know five more minutes here. Uh, let's do Facebook Live, Pat Gelsinger, uh, first before we hit that. So uh, so we did we did the, we we live streamed the keynotes Ooh. on Facebook VMWorld this year for the first time, right? So Facebook live stream got a hundred and eighty thousand views. Really? Yeah, 180k. Now that's an order of magnitude more than we that's a, we normally get when we live stream it using uh, who do we use? Uh, Brightcove. Yeah. yeah Brightcove. of those. Yeah, which is basically our live stream on the web, and then we put it up on VMware.com. Say hey, well come watch the keynote if you can't right. make it. We normally get maybe six to eight thousand views on that, right? Where this year we live streamed it on Facebook and we got uh,
2: nearly 200k of Views. So next year we should do uh, YouTube Live and also Twitch. We'll do Twitch.tv and get all the the video game people to watch it too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a, that that is another option. We looked at YouTube streaming as as another option, Twitch. Yeah, you know, I didn't think of Twitch, but absolutely. We get, who Amazon owns Twitch, so we could go oh, do to, they really? Yeah, they do. I, uh-huh. didn't know I didn't know that. Yeah, those 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 the sneaky guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they own they, have, they they own Twitch, which like, man, do they own everything good or just mostly everything good? I don't know. Um but wow. yeah, they, they they do own Twitch and that's another option. We are we are Amazon Friendly now, so and you know there are partners, so uh, we could we could do that.
2: Oh um, man, 2014 they bought Twitch.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is when it got big, right? Because they started marketing it. So, yeah, if you I'm didn't know this, you heard it here first. Yep. Uh, I'm embarrassed. Because yeah. I watch Twitch. Uh, I don't
2: let myself play video games. Uh, but you'll watch video but games. But I'll watch yeah. other people playing video games on Twitch, mostly <laughs> uh, player unknowns battleground. Right.
1: So on the on the on the Pat Gelsinger Pat Gelsinger is going to be doing the live keynote for VForms on the online VForms and we are going to be putting that on Facebook as well. Mm. Uh, now here's the catch: Facebook doesn't report how long people watched said video stream. Interesting. Yeah, which is which is interesting. We can get an average uh, drop time. So we, we can get numbers on how many people watch a minimum of three seconds, and then you can do the reverse calculation to know how many people dropped off, right. uh, before three seconds. And, you know, we, we, that, that carves off like maybe 40,000 people clicked, watched three sections and, and left. Right. right. Then we could get how many people watch for 10 seconds. Right. Um, which, okay, great. And then we can get how many people... We can get the average amount of time. So if you minus off the three seconds and you minus off the 10 seconds, you have a number left, let's say 80,000, right? And then you can... Get you know that the average of those lasted 10 seconds, and then you can try to do a bell curve of what, what that is, but they don't give you... So we could get an average of that, of everybody watched an average of 25 seconds. Right?
2: Maybe we should pick our live streaming platform based on how good... How that, how,
1: well, that's YouTube does a much better job. They'll tell you exactly when people oh. fell off, how many people completed, all that, but Facebook doesn't do that yet. Right. Right? I'm sure uh,
2: there's a there's a different reason why we pick Facebook.
1: Uh, well... It's the volume. So when we do YouTube, we might get ten thousand, right? Maybe twelve thousand, right? Um, where Facebook, you get you get two hundred thousand impressions of the message. So now we're talking about taking Pat Gelsinger turning into Max Headroom where he, he's at the front of the video. So for those people that do the three-second or the 10-second watch, you'll get some kind of little ad, you know, like a little Pat Gelsinger, you know, summary of the whole yeah. announcement so that we can say, yeah, yeah, and we got, you know, 50,000 people watching the first 10 seconds of Pat Gelsinger's summary. I'm I'm kidding about Max Hedren, but, yes. you know, the three-second one could be Max Gelsinger. Kind of yeah. style. And if you don't know who Max, Max Kelt- <laughs> if you don't know who Max Headroom is, go look it up on YouTube. On, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. You can get a you 80s a sense. It's an 80s thing. Um, that's, yeah,
2: that's so fascinating because I have to say that my use of Facebook probably peaked around three years ago and has dropped off so so much in the last, you know, probably two years. It's yeah. Just you know, it's too easy to spend too much time, but. But maybe that's why it's so successful on Facebook Live and, and not as successful in other things. I have to say the amount of hours that I spend on YouTube watching videos is way higher than the amount of time I spend on Facebook. But that I might be like an odd one. No, the, I, I would say
0: the same for me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just thinking of personally, not business stuff. Right. Personal Facebook versus personal YouTube. Yeah, maybe you're shipping. I spend more time on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why is, you know, uh, there's only so much content I can scroll by that I haven't seen on right. Facebook um, that I can really engage in unless I go search for it Where uh, YouTube provides me all the latest subscription data and everything else and just go watch a 40-minute video.
2: But we're both old. I mean, we were both born in the 70s. So maybe well, not yeah. born
1: in the 80s or the 90s. Not that, but I, I've, I've spent a lot of time on Facebook now because Facebook has those – that neat, neat little thing where once you watch one, it'll just auto feed you another and auto feed you another and auto feed you another? Yeah. And so then you have these streams of things that just feed in and you just don't ever have to click on anything I anymore. I have
2: been caught in that before. Yeah, those but then loops. then I end up watching.
0: I just, yeah, really I up, yeah like and I go, whoa, how did I get here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right,
1: but <laughs> isn't it addictive? Right. You don't have to, you, there's no um, mind, there's nothing. It's like you just sit and watch, right? And the next thing you know,
2: 30 minutes has gone by. So. For some reason, what ends up happening is it's just weird like dog and cat videos or uh I don't know people instant karma videos like that that's the lowest common denominator yeah, I try
0: to get to to, to remove all that stuff I, I try to get more in, informational stuff in my Facebook feed now I try to <laughs> so
2: so here's
1: the deal though i, I didn't I held the last bit Ooh, the, the okay. kicker right okay. so without spending five thousand dollars, right, we only had eighteen thousand views mm-hmm. got it but you spend $5000 and you get 200,000 views right because those little streamers in uh, in you know when you get caught down in these yep. and you're watching cat right. videos that's because somebody paid to, to have that show up in your little stream. Mm-hmm. And then we can target who that video actually shows up to. So Facebook, just like the Russians with Donald Trump, you can you can basically select state, region, zip code, you know, female, male, age, what you did had peanut butter and jelly sandwich for breakfast yesterday. Right. All kinds of crazy stuff. And then you can say, yeah, I want all these people, right? Yep. If you you watched an ad on Microsoft Hyper-V last week, I can say, I want to target my video to someone that watched Hyper-V. Got
2: it. So because yeah. someone has so much information entered on Facebook, yep. personal yep. Uh, everything. Actions, yeah. Uh, yeah, what you like, like right. what, you, what, you know, what you've yeah. talked about, everything. Talked everything. Yeah.
1: Keywords, there. talks. They even look at messaging now and they pull keywords out of your messaging so that if you're I mean, Facebook messaging other people, they know what you're messaging and they can pull those keywords out. And then I can target ads to you based on even though everything you touch on that platform is fair game for them.
2: That is fascinating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they, they take advantage all that data. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess if you're not yeah. paying for the product, you are the product, right? That's yeah. the, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's, that is true. <laughs> always the. Uh,
1: now, now, some okay. of this is all good because you're getting more tailored information to you, right? That, is, that should be interesting. You should, if we target it right, find Pat Gelsinger's keynote interesting because we've chosen you because right. we think you're somebody. This might be relevant to. Right? Right, right. And so ideally the stuff that you're consuming should be more relevant because they know more about what you like and what you engage with.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. So it's not all bad. It's just kind of weird. But there could be bad. Yeah. Especially if you want to manipulate a present presidential election or whatever it is, right? Oh, then it could be Then it right. could be used improperly. Back right? to the yeah. news. Yeah, that's back that's to the <laughs> news. Right? It all goes full circle. Uh it actually just goes full circle for a bunch of sidebar reasons, too, right? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, We're at the top of the hour. The last one is VMTN Community as a Service. We talked about that. Uh, We we haven't talked about that. And I'm thinking that we're not going to talk about that because that's the end of it. But I will say that um, we had over 300 people sign up for the VMTN Network Program, which is basically allowing... We've set up a a Revive server, Mm -hmm. which is basically an ad server, right that manages advertisements but we it's an open source revive is an open source uh thing oh there's a deer on the side of the hill there up oh, it just there it goes got antlers wow it's a buck Warp, yeah. Alto campus. <laughs> uh, I, I, i'm
0: like i'm like torn do i stay in the room or look at the deer look at the deer it just went trotting down the hill there
1: and on, on our campus so there you go um So we we, we have a Revive server. We're allowing community to submit content to that Revive server. And that will push out community content into all the blogs at ember.com. So we're working on that. And then we're working on building not only blog content, but other types of content that can then be shared on all the different community platforms. So... Community as a service, so if you have a branded community right mm-hmm. or you have a branded blog or you have a branded anything, you have a branded slack channel right and you want to expose that on other community locations uh we 're building a kind of bi directional content server, and so that 's really cool yeah, yeah it is yeah, although
2: yeah. it does of course immediately remind me of uh web rings from uh like GeoCities or whatever <laughs> <Back> to. The- <laughs> Nine yeah.
1: Yep. Ditties. Yep. Oh, wow. It
0: does, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> I promise we don't have any flashy
2: automated gifts, though. <laughs> uh, flashing unicorn? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, a few-
1: so you just five minutes ago asked what unique '90s service we could create that you know you have yeah there you go web rings okay <laughs> web rings. <laughs> I'm gonna go register that one oh. Yeah. <laughs> also yeah. you're on like uh, floppy.io I'm yeah. on web web rings. That's it for today. Uh thanks for the guys that called in and gave us some ideas on what to chat about. Uh, next week we will have uh Nick King here to talk about cloud.vmware.com and and the uh, web services that we're going to be in, right? So yeah, kind of apropos to what we're talking about, which is it's all going to go web services, folks. Who needs a data center when you can have a web service? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the uh, week after next, we'll have Fusion at Workstation on. Thanks for listening. Uh, we uh, appreciate your support, Corey. Thanks for coming in, John. Absolutely. As always, thank you. Uh, enjoy that that bay on the way home. It's a beautiful day. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Going to hit the big red stop button now. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.